Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes monthly, we're sometimes fortnightly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. We're on an, another evening record uh, recording session now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, and maybe I'll make a a patron post about this to let people know how crazy our lives have been. We've both got a lot going on behind the scenes, haven't we? Yeah, it's been it's been busy times. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, annoyingly, I, I put up a post in the Discord uh, just saying it's not left much headspace for Arkham. Uh, but mm-hmm. we got a, we got a game in at the weekend, which was good. Continuing yeah. on with our Edge of the Earth playthrough, it was really good. It felt like. Lily really hit her straps as well. And I've talked on the cast before about sometimes feeling like I was a bit redundant, but no, it felt really powerful, didn't it? Yeah, she absolutely smashed it. We both had turns where we we just absolutely um, destroyed the obstacles set before us. I think Mm. there was a turn Mm. where where Jack moved Monty, as we like to call him, moved (laughs) six times in the turn. Yeah, yeah. And then... Or Lily followed that up by dealing nine damage with a single action. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you want, right? You want... It's very um, pure. It's like, do your role, but just do it really, really well. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, we're jumping in with another investigator-specific episode. For some reason, I like to do these in pairs. I don't know where that's come from, but there we go. And you're quite good at tolerating all of my foibles. Well, and most of them, yeah. Most of them, yeah. I'm pretty excited about this because we're talking about uh, Guardian, who is a white man. Stat yeah. line, I'm going to jump into this, 3342. Oh, that's a good stat line. Yeah. Uh, he's a man of the lore as well. Which faction? So, is it Guardian? Yeah, Guardian, Guardian, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We're talking about Tommy Muldoon, the oh, rookie cop. Finally. How long have we been waiting to talk about Tommy? Exactly. Exactly. And I was I was thinking about this, actually. I'm going to jump straight in with this thought. I wonder if he flew slightly under the radar, certainly for me, because of coming out in the Dream Eaters and the other investigators in that box. And I, I think I said this to you on chat earlier, like he came out with Mandy, Tony, Luke and Patrice. Unless I'm getting that wrong. They are four very popular and pretty wild investigators. And I think, I think it's fair to say he's the least wild of that group. He's pretty straight and down the line. Certainly for me, he was. So yeah, I'm really interested to actually have a look at him now in detail and, and dive in. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't be more excited, Frank. Ah, oh, good. good. Uh, Whose who's turn is it to read the front? I feel like it's I your turn. It's, yeah, I think so too. So we're looking at Tommy Muldoon, the rookie cop. As I said, he's a 3-3-4-2, so 3 willpower, 3 intellect, 4 combat, and 2 agility. So this is a a pretty flat stat line, which we'll come back to in a second. So Tommy is police and warden-traited. I love the trait warden. I find it so evocative. He's got a reaction ability. When an asset you control is defeated, gain X resources, where X is the total amount of damage and horror on that asset. Shuffle that asset into your deck. Elder Sign effect plus two. You may move up to two damage and or horror from Tommy Muldoon to an asset you control, or vice versa. Flavor is eyes up, Tommy. And he has eight health and six sanity. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. I think when I saw his ability, I thought he was absolute bananas. Mm -hmm. It seemed like you could make a lot of money using his ability. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's the end of that sentence. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you've got anything Full to stop. add? Yeah. <laughs> Thematically, right? Okay, so can we dive? Can we can we dive in? Dip, dabble? Yeah. With, with some yeah. theme here, because this sort of makes Tommy seem like he's throwing his allies into the line of fire. Mm. It's quite a Leo ability, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is odd for uh, a, a guardian, <laughs> a police guardian, I guess, to be. Yeah to be profiting from from throwing other people in the line of fire. Mhm. What's I what's thematically happening? I think the way I I'm going to answer that question myself. I explain it to myself of like he's good at his job and making the most of what he does. So 
when allies are scared off by being damaged or horrified, he's good at like getting them to come back. So for instance, a beat cop can soak two and two at level zero. When it's taken, it's two damage and two horror. He gets four resources back. So he hasn't actually spent any of his own resources, his own, I don't know, social capital, getting the beat cop to help him. And then they might turn up later in the scenario, as in he's able to call upon their aid again in the way that anyone else playing a beat cop, once they've been scared off for the scenario, they're not coming back. Does that make sense? Is that <laughs> That's what I, I think of when I think of it. And it, I suppose it falls down when you start to add assets that aren't allies that also can soak. Why does Tommy make True Grit come back while other people don't? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, good questions. Uh, I would say, um, <laughs> whatever gets you through the day in terms of <laughs> working this out in your head. I suppose it's one of those things where it's one of the things I like about Arkham. It's not clearly defined in terms of how theme and mechanics interact. We've had this same conversation about what cards in hand represent. That we know that damage on an, an ally doesn't necessarily mean they die. It's just how much they can tolerate before they leave. Because otherwise... You'd never play that Dr. Milan again or that Leo De Luca again because as soon as they're defeated, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've taken us down a weird blind alley. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Help me, listener, right in. So wh- where were you getting this? I- so your your idea is that as long as the asset can soak more than you paid for it, you're going to make lots of money. That That's your thinking? Yeah, I guess. But also, because it's a even if you don't, it's a rebate on the cost you paid for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, say, I'm trying to think of an example of one where it costs more than you get back from it. Now, help me, help me, Frank. Yeah, I'm just thinking as well. There aren't many, to be honest with you. I think that's a good example because even Milan. say a brother. Yeah, you can't Milan. take you can't, you can't yeah. take Milan, but yeah. Yeah, Milan Leo. is four, four for one two. Yeah, so Leo is six for two two. Yeah, yes, there we go. Leo, perfect. Yeah, yeah. You can't take Leo either, but I mean, vers- <laughs> he could versatile in <laughs> either. Versatile. The classic yeah. Patrice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 I think most most cards would make back their cost, but I think even if they didn't, that mm. card has served a purpose in terms of soaking damage and horror, and also providing you a boost in the meantime. Yeah, so in some way, yeah. Yeah, if 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 I could say to you, you can have Milan for a few turns and he costs one, you'd probably say that's that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that's good, Frank? Yeah, and well, the beat beat Please cop like going in faction. <laughs> you pay four for a beat cop and you get the static combat boost, and it soaks two and two, but then you've actually spent zero for a static combat boost. That's very good. Zero for a combat boost for a few turns. Yeah, I'll take it. Only in action. Yeah. So you still need the resources up front to get the assets in play. But it's much more of an investment because you're actually going to see, hopefully see your money back. Whereas for other investigators, I'm playing another combat oriented guardian and I want to get down my beat cop or my Greta Wagner ally and I want to get down a weapon. That's a sunk cost that I'm not getting back and most other investigators are happy to pay that they're you know nine resources in their opening turn to get set up but for tommy it's nine with an asterisk because you might be getting lots of that back down the line which is pretty cool yeah absolutely i think with tommy's emergence building on what carolyn introduced to the game for guardian we saw the faction really starting to lean into more specifically that Guardian would like to soak and would like to put itself in the way of one of the threats from the encounter deck, which is damage and horror, or more generally, enemies as well. And I really like how he he rounds out the pool in this way. I remember Maxine saying in interviews after Dream Eaters came out, Tommy Muldoon is all about being that kind of paladin role where you soak for the team and you might not necessarily be about going out there and killing everything as quickly as possible, although you can do that. But it's much more about just being the bulwark, putting yourself in, in harm's way so that other people can get on with things. Yeah, yeah. And this this ability obviously leans into that. 
you might be humming and harring about do I take this next damage and this hit on this beat cop because I really want the combat boost. But it's like, well, the reaction will fire. I'll get four resources. That will pay for uh, playing an event that will kill this enemy or it will pay for playing this other ally I have in my hand or another weapon, whatever it is. So he really incentivizes you to lean into being hit, which I think is different from leaning into killing things. And before this point, you know, you've got you've got Zoe, uh, you've got Leo who don't mind being hit. But what they really want to lean into, I would say, is removing enemies. Uh, and Mark is the weird one here where he sort of doesn't mind being hit, but he kind of wants to save that for him, for, you know, being in his own control because he can then draw cards from it. He doesn't just want to get smashed all the time. Whereas Tommy, sometimes I feel like Tommy does just love getting smashed. That came out weird. But you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, it is a it's an interesting one. When I've seen Tommy played, you often end up in a position where you're desperately trying to be hit in mm. order to start stuff ticking over in your engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's sometimes it's a non trivial problem <laughs> trying to take mm-hmm. damage and horror to fill up your soak assets so you can start cycling them for your various other effects. It's somewhat related to the Calvin conundrum, isn't it? Yes. That turn one Tommy, you play the assets with all their soak on them. And then in Mythos turn two, you draw an Ancient Evils or an Obscuring Fog and you don't take any damage or horror. And you're thinking, um, so my ability is blank? <laughs> you know, you're sort of hoping that something will happen or that someone's drawn an enemy that you're happy to take hits from or things like that. Yeah, I, I, I guess let's go there right now. I think in the set as well a card that came out with Tommy was Solemn Vow. And that's one of the ways that you can get around that problem. Yeah. So we don't normally do this, do we? But I'm going to just jump in and mention it. It's a zero cost asset. It's fast and it's myriad. So you can have three copies in your deck. And that's important because you play it under the control of another investigator at your location. And as a free trigger, the person who has Solemn Vow can move a damage or horror from them to you. And it can go to any card that you control as Tommy. So you can play all of this soak. And then if you don't take the damage and horror, you become a sort of magnet for everyone else's damage and horror if you've played the vow. I normally pack a couple of copies of that if I'm playing Tommy precisely to avoid that problem of the luck of the encounter deck, meaning whoever I'm partnered with is taking all the damage and horror and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. We've started to talk a lot about cards particular cards, Mm. but we haven't read the back of Tommy yet. Do you want me to dive in and just quickly do that? Yeah, please do. So we have deck size of 30, deck building options, guardian cards level 0 to 5, neutral cards level 0 to 5, and survivor cards level 0 to Mm 2. And then we get uh, deck building, we have Becky, rookie mistake, and one random basic weakness. So this is is a straight down the line, classic, old-fashioned core set style dual class investigator right no extra bells and whistles he's uh guardian and survivor yeah simple straight down the line probably the better way round, as we have a bit of a reputation in survivor for having fewer high level cards Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so unlike his well what's what's what do we call the relationship between him and yorick his inverse his inverse his brother from an alternate dimension Unlike Yorick, Tommy retains access to a lot of really tasty high-level Guardian cards. Mm. Not mm. only some some impressive events. We were talking the other day about uh, cards for your Lily deck, and we've got things mm. like is it called Monster Slayer? Is it called Monster Slayer? Monster Slayer. One two, one, two punch. punch, and then also the likes of uh, Lightning Gun, all this kind of stuff. Lots of yeah. really nice high-level Guardian cards that he can still take that that Yorick can't. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's shifting slightly for Survivor with the emergence of a few level four and five cards. And for Yorick, I'm thinking of the Chainsaw. Yes, like yeah, as absolutely. A, yeah. Okay, yeah, here's a Survivor level four weapon that can do serious work. The old act of desperation, Chainsaw, juggling deck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, I take your point. Weirdly, he's, he's a kind of inverse 
for Yorick with his ability as well. Yorick brings things back from your your discard. Tommy slots things back into your into your deck when when they discarded right the other way around. Mm, mm. Yorick still has to keep paying for things, but he doesn't spend the action. Whereas yeah. Tommy makes the resources back normally, <laughs> but is action pressured. So there is like a weird distinction between them. Yeah. So Yorick's digging things up from a graveyard. Tommy is burying people in his graveyard. In his deck. (laughs) (laughs) If we just keep saying the opposites, we'll get there in the end. (laughs) I imagine you've not got... Have you got to opposites yet in um, um, Three Bean Salad? No, I've not. not. (laughs) Okay, so a recommendation for listeners who've been listening to this podcast, Three Bean Salad pod, Three Bean Salad podcast, that's just three... British comedians sort of yammering away. But yeah. it's very sweet. They're very nice. But there's one of them who is a complete loon. A wild card. Yeah, he's a maniac. <laughs> and he, he gets really into what what it is to be the opposite of something else. Right. Okay. And he, he kind of like, his mind gets trapped in understanding what that means. And they go off on a massive tangent, obviously, which I've done as well. But yeah, to be the opposite is like, like you said, does that mean... Tommy is burying cards. <laughs> Yorick is digging them up. Also, he's a, they're both wardens, aren't they? Yorick's a warden. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So there's something like, I like that we, a little bit of sort of emergent flavour, I guess, mm. that if you have this combination of survivor and guardian, maybe part of your role is protection. And yeah. it might be that you're you're not necessarily a hardened trained protector but there's something about like i'm just an ordinary citizen but i i'm called towards protecting so for tommy it's like he comes from a family of cops and they're all in boston but he gets loaned to arkham and decides like whatever the crime he's not rest until he's he's not going to rest until he can uh solve crime so he's not he's not like some born and bred in Arkham, is used to how weird things are there. He's just an ordinary guy from Boston who happens to find himself in the middle of things. I really like that. I think that's a really nice part of his flavour. Yeah. And adds to that idea of what it means to be a warden. Do we want to look at some of his signature cards as well? Let's do it. So brought with him from Boston is Becky. This is his signature asset. It's a two-cost asset. Subtitle, Custom Marlin Model, 1894. Combat, Agility, and Wild Icons. Tommy Muldoon deck only. Uses two ammo. Its traits are item, weapon, and firearm. Sorry. Each resource gained from Tommy Muldoon's reaction ability may instead be placed on Becky as ammo. Action, spend one ammo, fight. You get plus two combat and deal plus one damage for this attack. Takes up two hands. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a nice card, this. Mm. Every time I've played with a Tommy, and I've played with Tommy quite a bit, never having played as Tommy, <laughs> the game tends to be split into two phases. <laughs> Pre-Becky mm. and post-Becky. <laughs> yeah. Pre-Becky is largely spent looking for Becky. <laughs> looking for Becky, okay. It's like searching yeah. for Izzy. Exactly. To try and, try and find, find the gun. Uh, so they can get it down and start stacking up ammo. But when it is in play, you can accumulate ammo on it pretty quick. Mm. And there's something nice about knowing you've got one weapon in play, which can be restocked with ammo pretty easily, making mm. some cards that expand ammunition as an additional cost more attractive, and also cards which uh, enhance or enchant or, or beef up your weapon also uh, more appealing as well, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you've got, yeah, a weapon that potentially has unlimited ammo as long as you can keep taking damage and horror and have things to take damage and horror and soak. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty significant that this is a signature that essentially gives him a second ability. It mo- modifies his entire reaction ability. Yeah. And when I was reflecting on Tommy in advance of this episode, I was struggling to think of another signature that is that significant in how it changes how the person plays. 
I thought, you know, maybe the gate box for Luke, but yeah. it's already there in play. It's not like he has to find it to start doing things. It's already there. Yeah. Whereas this, exactly as you say, you could have an entire scenario where you stay in phase one, the looking for Becky. Yeah. And you never get this other ability that's only printed on Becky that those resources you're accumulating could actually be ammo. But with Becky in play, you have get faced quite a tasty choice, I think, of do you use your defeated assets for resources or do you use them for ammo and you have to decide i think that's i really like that 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 little dilemma Mm. you've got to make every time something dies to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i guess the the other question uh, related to that is how much stuff do you stack up ready to die before you get becky in play does it feel Mm. like you're you know you're there with five resources and you've got a cherished keepsake do you wait to try and kill that off once you've got Becky in play for some extra ammo? Mm. Or do you just kill that for the for the cash gain? Keepsake and Leather Coat are really intriguing in that regard. They're zero cost and they can soak two yeah. at level zero. So that means potentially they're one action for two resources, which is all right. Or they're one action for two ammo or any combination, which is sort of intriguing. N- notably as well, you can still shuffle the the asset back into Tommy's deck. All it changes is whether or not you gain a resource or you gain an ammo, which I really like as well. Like you don't have to forgo the rest of that ability. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. The dream is you get you get right down to the bottom of your deck and you've just got a few cheap, tasty yeah. assets you're cycling around. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice when that happens. And and I I'd also say the other thing that makes this a really nice signature is it's cheap. We said the same thing when we we're talking about Jack's bullwhip, and it's reasonable for for the cost as well. Like two cost for two ammo for plus two combat and plus one damage is it's just edging out, say, a forty five automatic that would be change those twos to fours, but only plus one combat. So like straight away, pretty decent to get that down. Should we look at his weakness, please? Yeah. Okay, we have a treachery rookie mistake. It has the blunder and flaw traits, and it says, Revelation. Discard each asset you control with damage or horror on it. If no assets are discarded by this effect, shuffle Rookie Mistake back into your deck. So, yeah, this is a really nice counter to how you want to play uh, Tommy, I think. Which is Mm. that you certainly want to build it with lots of cards to maximise his ability, but this punishes you if you're potentially juggling those cards and keeping a lot with a little bit of damage or horror on them. Yeah. Importantly, you discard the assets so they're not, not defeated. defeated. Yeah. So you don't get anything from them. And I can easily picture a situation, uh, having been in it myself, where maybe you're using a guardian ally that likes to take damage for some effect, like a guard dog yeah. or a, a Greta Wagner or whatever it is. And you've maybe got some soaking assets as well, like coats or keepsakes or true grit or something worth fighting for. You've got some of these options. And so you've soaked a little bit for the team and you've done a little bit of the damage effects for your for your allies as well. And then this comes and wipes the board. And then going back to what you said about making lots of resources, you then are in a hole because you were expecting to make those resources back from the ability or fuel Becky. I've definitely had it before where I was down to one or no ammo on Becky and then Rookie Mistake wiped the card that was going to give me ammo. I needed one more damage on it or something like that. It's That's painful and a Rookie Mistake. Yes, yes, absolutely. Conveniently, the way to get to that Phase 2 Becky in play is also, I would argue, the way to best deal with Rookie Mistake, which mm. is draw a lot early on because you're looking for Becky and hopefully hit rookie mistake with something that you're willing to sacrifice to rookie mistake so that it doesn't go back into your deck and keep keep eating up draws so sometimes i'm happy to feed say a coat with one damage on it to rookie mistake yeah because then i'm not seeing it again and i'm like okay that's fine i'll have a card that's happy to go i'll just add to what i said earlier as well about how it targets uh how you like to play there's something I don't know, it, it feels worse in Tommy when assets end up in your discard pile rather than back in your deck, right? Mm, yeah. Because you always yeah. like to think, oh, this this thing that's getting defeated now, that's going to come back round. 
So whether mm-hmm. it is rookie mistake or it's an any other uh, asset you've got in your deck being hit by something like a crypt chill, for instance, yeah, sort of feel very sad to wave goodbye to it and to drop it into your bin. Yeah, there's now you know Takili Lee as well, isn't there? Discard an asset you control. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're Tommy and you've got say Becky and one soak asset down. No, I needed to uh, defeat that rather than discard it. That would be extra tasty. That that leads us, I think, to my next point, which is my next thought. The reaction ability, what you've also alluded to, is that the way his deck behaves is different to pretty much every other investigator's. That as he's playing the game, his deck is not diminishing at the same rate. Yeah. Because he keeps putting things back into it. Yeah. And I think that does add an interesting wrinkle to playing Tommy. Makes it harder to find Becky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, makes it harder to find Becky. And you could... Weirdly, sometimes when I've played him, his deck feels really safe. Because, you know, I've maybe seen my weaknesses. And then I just keep putting Soak in and keep topping my deck up. So my deck just sort of stays the same size. Some Soak comes out, which I play. It then goes back into the deck. I draw it again. I play it again. And once that loop is set up, he feels like he just... The deck is kind of frozen in time, I suppose. And you're never going to deck out, or hopefully never deck out. And that can be... Once you can get to that place, I think it feels really potent. It's sort of the opposite of how I like to play. Like, I'd like to see all the cards in my deck and crack on. But the way he works, he sort of grinds to a halt. I guess it is it is similar to Yorick that once you've got really tasty assets in your discard pile, you don't want to loop your deck because then they'll all shuffle back into your deck. You're sort of holding on for them and want to just keep replaying them. Again, it's the opposite. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. While we're talking about cards, this sort of builds on what you were just saying. Mm. There's another card which I feel is probably worth mentioning. We've mentioned a couple mm. of cards specifically. Tetsuro Mori is another mm. fantastic card that works well. Came out in the same set, didn't didn't he? Same it's cycle, in, yeah. Yeah, same, yeah. same cycle. Um, it's, the same, it's also in the, the Dream Eater cycle. But mm. Tetsuro, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, not only soaks damage and horror for other investigators at your location, which is nice to help kill him off, when he's defeated, he allows you to tutor your deck for an item asset uh, and let it to your mm-hmm. hand. So, you know, you can throw Tetsuo down before you've got Becky out to help you dig her out of your deck if you need to. Uh, but yeah. also, you know, Tommy's just got a deck packed with nice assets he wants to play, right? Mm. Mm. I've used Tetsuo to get back a keepsake from my discard pile that had been discarded by Rookie Mistake as well. It's like Tetsuo goes back into the deck and I use him to to pick an item from my discard pile. Yeah, yeah. The keepsake. It's like, let's get those things in my deck and leave Rookie Mistake in the discard pile. Yeah, great shout. I think he's a really good ally. I think that um, soaking for the team, it's a really nice like additional Guardian theme that we see. We see it on Brother Xavier as well, don't we? That um, And Agency Backup, I think. It's just like, hello, we're batteries for damage and horror. Pile what you want on, on us. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't only partially do it and then you get sucked up by the rookie mistake. <laughs> don't make that rookie mistake. Don't make that rookie yeah. mistake. <laughs> what more can we say? <laughs> Tips for not making that rookie mistake. You mentioned the kind of construct a mega gun thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. So that's, I just want to flesh out that idea. That's playing, say, custom ammunition that gives you more damage against monsters. Yes. And of course, custom ammunition gives you two ammo when you play it. But then on any other weapon, that ammo is going to run out. But on Becky, in theory, that's unlimited plus one damage for monsters. And then you can also put reliable on Becky so that it becomes a plus three combat boost or a plus four if you put two on. And there's also well-maintained. Yes. Which when a... uh, the asset is discarded you return it and everything attached to it to your hand instead of discarding it apart from the well-maintained yes you can assemble all of these parts on becky and it's an unlimited ammo three damage against monster enemies there are about about half the enemies in the game are monsters maybe a bit more and you're hitting at say plus four so you're like shooting at an eight rather than a six am i missing any any important ones maybe you're putting a telescopic sight on there I guess you could also say enchant weapon, right? 
Oh yeah, enchant weapon. Not great. even better. I suppose it's plus three fight, isn't it? Isn't terrible. And plus one damage, obviously. Yeah, plus one damage once a turn. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Magic gun. Magic gun. So I guess fleshing out that idea of how you create this amazing Becky gun is definitely, it's a really fun way to play. And I think it hinges exactly as you said on finding Becky. And I found it quite challenging early on, I would say, because the normal rule of thumb for Guardian is include other weapons. And sometimes playing Tommy, you just want to include those slots for other weapons for Prepared for the Worst and Tetsuo and find Becky that way. And you can maybe flail around a bit before <laughs> before Becky's down. And I'd also say that that's one of the reasons why I find him maybe a bit more challenging to play solo, because he, that play style is quite action intensive to assemble, and you're not doing much uh, while you're doing that. Whereas when I've played Tommy in, in three player, and also actually just in two player, if there's a seeker getting clues and there's no enemies... They're normally happy for me just to be footling around and like, ah, oh, Becky's down. Now the next piece comes down. You know, stick to the plan obviously facilitates this because you can have prepared for the worst on it. You can have custom ammo on it. It's supply traded. So you're ready to assemble the pieces as you do. I don't think I've ever heard you use the word footle before. Oh, yeah, I do quite a lot of footling in this game. Yeah, that's nice. I like yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. What I found then... I suppose the other thing that's the challenge with it is you want to get your soak down before Becky's down, as you said, so that you're ready when Becky is down to start taking damage and horror and turning it into ammo. Yes. And that, I suppose, to me, illustrates an important element around soak versus healing. Check this yeah. out for an amazing segue yeah. into... Yeah, I love it. Let's talk about soak. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. let's talk about soak. I mean, we talk, we've hinted it already at the start that when you play Tommy, you can play all of your assets that soak and then not take any damage or horror. The other potential pitfall is you don't have any soaking assets to start. Maybe you just play Becky and uh, an emergency cash or whatever else you're playing. And then in Mythos, you get really pounded by damage and horror and you have to put it all on him. Yes. And you're yeah. really then hoping for an Elder Sign to start moving it off him or wondering why? where's my soak? Should I have packed some heal healing? I'd say I've taken three horror and I've I've only got three sanity left. Yeah. So yeah. So it, I guess it, yeah, it's one of the challenges of soak, isn't it? It is. Yes. My feeling is that up, maybe up until Edge of the Earth, soak almost always had the edge over a similar level of healing. I mm. think there are some exceptions. I think uh, soothing melody is a really great example of of healing done well. We talk, mm -hmm. We've talked about Soothing Melody in the past, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. But but typically, the, the, the restrictions on healing... With healing, you need to have taken the damage. It's almost like throwing good actions after bad. You've already suffered mm. something which requires you to throw then healing at it after the fact. Mm. When, in fact, you don't even know whether you will need to heal. We had a game recently, in fact the same game the other day, where I played a Thermos, one of the best cards in the game. Spent a couple of actions healing you, which turned out to be not necessarily at all because you didn't take any damage for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Even if you felt like you might have died, you know, you felt like you were close to the to to the end in terms of damage. We <laughs> were both starting to, to feel nervous, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah. we basically yeah. it was an action tax for us feeling nervous <laughs> and not yeah. wanting to plow on. <laughs> now, now the way. This is an action. This is a criticism. Sorry, you could also levy at soak that you play some soak and then you don't need it for the rest of the game. Like mm. you've spent an action to play uh, a cherished keepsake and then you never mm. take horror. Obviously, in Tommy, Tommy's always already got that secondary use of the soak built into him. Mm -hmm. So Tommy can try and trigger the damage, take the damage, gain the resources from all the ammo from from the asset. But mm. more generally, soak tends to have another purpose anyway. Even quite beefy mm. soak cards. So going right the way back to the very first pack, uh, our friend Brother Xavier, he is expensive and he's a lot of soak. He His ability directly interacts with his soak. But, so he can't take damage for other investigators, can he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm forgetting. He does a lot, doesn't but he? But you said going right the way back to the first pack, but he's not in the core set. He's in the first expansion, though, wasn't he? He was in um, oh, yeah, Miskatonic yeah, Museum. Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. Uh, not the first box, the first pack. Well, he's, uh, no, you sorry. Were very, you were very specific then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in the first core set, not in the first box, in the first pack. <laughs> yeah, okay, nice. I stand corrected. <laughs> but he has he has two abilities that, that sit on top of his abilities, so doesn't he? He's got yeah, a stat we, boost. Yeah, we were sort of flummoxed by that because it was almost too many things for us to get our heads around. <laughs> it's like, well, he's got this damage ability if you kill him, but he's also soaking for the team and giving you a stat boost. So why would you do that? And yeah. now I'd say you can see how I can see how I was wrong in that actually playing him, you enjoy the boost for as long as you have it and also soak for everyone, which is in itself a net good. Yeah, and then you get a little cherry on top when that soaking comes to an end. Yeah, and if you're playing him in Tommy, you make money out of that as well if you plan it correctly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think there's not many soak cards which don't have another secondary effect attached to them. Mm. Mm. Like it's really leather coats and keepsakes, really. What does leather jacket do again? Is that just fast? It's fast, yeah. Um, so there's no anything except get played more easily. In fact, you could say probably the tax that comes with leather coat and keepsake is that they take up more or less competitive slots. Yeah, I'd say keepsake, the thing you're paying is the accessory slot that you're normally wondering about other things. Yeah, this is also why Soothing Melody to return to that is probably held in such high esteem because it not only heals you, but it also draws a card. So it also has that that cantrip or you know replacement effect that it refills itself so the action is less likely to feel like you're treading water yeah and that's it in a similar way to i play this soak it gives me a stat boost or another ability and then i move on with my day yeah so yeah i guess my my takeaway from all that is that healing generally has to work quite hard to stand out against cards that just soak Mm -hmm. because cards that soak typically don't just soak, they do other stuff. Whereas healing cards often just heal. Mm. Uh, They often have a little kicker, like drawing a card. Second Wind draws a card as well, right? Yeah. Soothing Melody obviously draws a card. So, so, yeah. It it, it always feels worse to be healing, probably, than it does soaking. And actually, Mm. in Tommy, you know, soaking feels even better because, you know, you're going to get some resources back. Mm. I, I did a big list of every single card that soaks in the game not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why I did it. You did it? Didn't you do it because of the composures, the level three composures? Um, I don't think that was the reason I did it. Did you do it because of Daniela? I might have done it because of Daniela. Was there a card? Oh, was it maybe... Uh, what's it called? Bought, bought in Blood, is it called? Is that blood Will Have Blood? Blood will have blood. Is that the survivor one where you draw cards equal to the damage and horror just been dealt or something? Yeah, you play it after an enemy attacks you. You can't assign it to ally assets, and for each point of damage or horror you took, you draw a card. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. I can't remember why. Anyway, there was some reason why I, I was gonna. I was doing that. I think it was something to do with the um, the, the red glove man and Amanda. <laughs> okay, uh, I can't remember why. There was some other card that came out that interacted with those cards. That was good. <laughs> what it was, I don't know. But I've ranked every single every single soak card in the game against how much it cost versus how much it soaked, both health and sanity separately, and then also combined. Wow. And there are some... So, as I just mentioned, the composure cards, as you just mentioned, yeah, especially the upgraded composure cards... They are amazing value in terms of soak. <laughs> Zero cost, fast, soak four combined. Yes. Like to the extent where I would I would say that's like a top priority purchase for Tommy to get mm-hmm. uh, it's combat training, isn't it? The, the Guardian combat one. training, yeah. Not physical yeah. training. Yeah. I'm still actually on Blood Will Have Blood for Tommy as well. When we first well, second looked this card with Veronica. We were saying, you know, it's unlikely you're going to find hits that are really much more than one and one or just two damage or two horror. One of the big challenges with Tommy, as we sort of alluded to, is getting enough draw in the factions he's in. 
there aren't too many good draw cards, I would say, across the access he has. You know, you're not, you're probably not running rab- Rabbit's Foot in Tommy. Maybe, maybe you are, you're probably not. And so just getting enough actions to draw, I think it's one of the taxes that Guardians get hit by, that there's not too many efficient ways of drawing, so they can't find all of their answers immediately, so they have to spend actions doing that. But maybe Blood will have Blood. You can, of course, put that on other Soak, you just can't put it on ally assets. And yeah, draw a bunch of cards, he has access to it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I remembered why I was thinking about Amanda, by the way. It was uh, protecting the Anionique. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then having Red God Man leave, popping back to hand. Yeah, or drawing three cards. Or drawing three cards, yeah. That's nice. That's really nice. Uh, what else do we want to cover in terms of Tommy? Or, or Soak? Well, so let's stick to Soak because we were talking about it. Yes, what, what else do we want to talk about when it comes to Soak? I think I've seen... Incredible things? <laughs> I've seen some arguments that healing, because it's reactive rather than proactive... That's part of why it's less good, because you only need to use it when you need to use it. And of course, that doesn't that doesn't stack up too much if you have to play an asset to have access to the healing, like for a medical text or a first aid. Even in fact, to play a hallowed mirror, yeah, you, you you have to spend the action before you even get the healing in hand. That first soothing melody is less tasty than the other two that you've shuffled away. And typically, that first one is the one where you really need the healing. <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah. going to spend two actions to play. Yeah, two. That's the downside of it. I think if you're, unless you're facing a lot of direct damage and direct horror, so sort of responds to that by if you needed to heal, you could just play so- soak instead, mm-hmm. and and soak the problem that you're facing. I must say, I often with Tommy worry about being defeated by damage and horror, but I think I've only been defeated by damage and horror very rarely. He yeah. can suddenly end up with a lot because he's tanking a lot of hits. But normally once the soak engine is running and you've got time to play things, you can just keep handling all of those hits. And of course, because he's main class guardian, even though, yeah, he might want to be doing soaking to trigger his ability, he can also kill things. So it's normally combined that you're not, you don't grind to a halt with him, I'd say, where you're just taking hits all the time and not actually removing enemies for doing that a little bit like daniela i'd i'd say that she doesn't mind being hit because she is actually working away at enemies as she does that yeah have we got to the bottom of why you like soak and the top 10 cards all players should be running for soak (laughs) composures just composure 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 yeah yeah I, i don't know why why i like it it's just nice having having that there isn't it yeah like I said at the top of the episode, Tommy's the investigator in the Dream Eaters that stood out to me the least. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I understood him as being straightforward and thinking, oh yeah, I get what that playstyle's like. I'm not that interested or bothered. And I found I've played him a lot. There's something kind of almost safe about playing Tommy. It's like, yeah, I know what my role, it's really defined. And I have tried some slightly strange Tommy builds as well. So I've done that thing of building a Mega Becky, except Becky is a flamethrower. <laughs> right. And of course, like if you if you're putting all of those cards in to enhance Becky, why not also put in other good weapons? And you can choose which one to work with. You know, so if you don't see Becky, you're not sort of spinning your your wheels. You can you can do flamethrowers instead, which is really fun. And one of the down one of the very few downsides of flamethrowers it only does damage to enemies engaged with you. And so if you've drawn an enemy and someone else has drawn an enemy, do you really want to spend an action to engage that enemy off them and take a hit? And of course, Tommy doesn't mind as much because he actively doesn't mind being hit and soaking those hits. Yeah. So it sort of leans into that style of him throwing himself in harm's way, wielding this huge flamethrower and, and taking the hits. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess... so. Are we going to jump into some piloting tips? Because I've, I've got a yeah. question from you. Okay, go so on. I guess the struggle I have with Tommy conceptually is a balance between... I think there's, there's, several, there's several things to balance, right? There's mm-hmm. balancing getting your setup right. So finding mm-hmm. Becky and get that set up and going. There's balancing how much you take as resources versus how much ammo goes on to Becky. Mm-hmm. 
and then there's a, there's a balance between uh, provoking damage and just being prepared for damage to be dealt to you through the natural mm. course of events. Yeah. And those are all things you've got to have a good idea what you're doing with, and you don't want to get your, your ratios uh, skewy, do you? You don't want to get ratioed. Well, quite, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think What's for the answer me, then, Frank? What's the... Yeah, so the You've starting point is... have got five words to tell everyone how to play Tommy. Uh, this works perfectly. My five words are, are you doing Mega Becky? <laughs> <laughs> That's your advice is a question. Yeah, my my, (laughs) if you're clear about that, that I think there's a trickle down effect of knowing other things you need to do. You know, if if your goal with your Tommy deck is I want Becky to be my sole superpowered weapon, that or obviously impacts what you put in your deck, but I think it also impacts that first turn of you know, even before the first turn, your mulligan. Do I do I have a prepared for the worst if I'm if I'm doing that or a Tetsuo or even Becky? Am I mulliganing all of these cards? And you know he has access to Survivor, so he could could be running Luckies or Look What I Found or Take Heart or lovely Survivor cards. But I've sometimes when I'm doing Mega Becky have a nice handful of cards, maybe a, a Vicious Blow or Take the Initiative. All of these great cards. It's like no, if I'm doing Mega Becky, I need a solution for finding Becky mm-hmm. from the off. Yeah, and. Then and that then has then an impact on okay have I found Becky yes no proceed to putting soak in play or or whatever else I would say one of the piloting tips is if you're not doing that and if you're running as a more conventional guardian with a range of weapons that does free you up a bit more in terms of playstyle because you're picking which weapon are you playing you know a bit like playing as Zoe for instance you maybe are running four weapons in your deck. Mm-hmm. And you've got a few different things to assemble, and you don't end up down that slightly more narrow path of I need to do, I need to f- assemble the f- the following pieces. I guess it's the the same as playing any combo deck, right? Normally, you're more restricted in lines of play playing a combo deck because there are pieces you need to get to assemble to have the thing working. So yeah, that would be my tip: know know your exits, know your outs. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. And I think potentially it's a trap you can fall into on a lot of investigators. Uh, as I've been playing Monty in our campaign, mm. I feel like I can get fixated on getting the most out of his ability mm-hmm. to the exclusion of doing what I need to do to, to progress the scenario. Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether that's a trap it's easy to fall into in Tommy as well. Um, just thinking to yourself, well, how do I... How do I get the most value out of the cards in my hand? Not how do we win this scenario with the tools I've got? Yeah, you have those turns where you've I've got another keepsake to play and another Tetsuo. Think of the value because I need. Yeah, I need think of the value exactly. Yeah, and then checking like I'm actually on twelve resources. Yeah, yeah, you end the scenario with ten bullets on Becky and twelve resources, and actually you didn't mm-hmm. need <laughs> to spend those actions. And that's pretty common, I would say, as yeah. Tommy. It, he's, if you're not careful, I think he's seductive, right? There's like a there's a, his ability is so fiddly and so like rewarding in a way. It mm. feels very satisfying to fiddle with that, yeah, and, and to figure out how to make things work. He's a really big mm. cog that you can plug lots of other smaller cogs around. Mm. Mm. And yeah, when the reaction triggers. It, lots of the other cogs start moving. You know, Tetsuo searches your deck. You're like, oh, look, I've just made these these four resources. Particularly if you can make it work where you can have so- soak the full number. You know, same with Guard Dog. You've taken a couple of hits and hit back, and then you take a, a single damage and a single horror on the Guard Dog, and you get four resources from Guard Dog. You're like, yes, that's pro plays. That That's very seductive. Yeah. You get really lulled into doing that. In in the in the current incarnation of, of Warhammer Age of Sigmar, mm. the, uh, the the way the night goblins play, they have a big mechanic around. There's like a moon that moves across the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. bad moon. The bad moon. Yeah, it's yeah. great. There's there's a book about the gloom spiked kits, which is one of the most repulsive books I've read from from <laughs> the Black Library. Uh, I highly recommend it to everyone. But it can, it can be a bit like that, you know. You, you <laughs> what's the phrase, my friend? Use underpants gnomes. 
you spend a lot of time fiddling with the mechanics of how this works and all this cool stuff that can trigger off it, but it actually doesn't end up doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have I used yeah. Underpants Gnomes on the cast before? No, 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 no. What's... Oh, I'm sure I have. Is it... <laughs> I don't think you have. In, in South Park, there's the Underpants Gnomes, and they have, like, their plan for success. And it's mm-hmm. like, step one, acquire pants. Step two, question marks. Question, step yeah. three, profit. And they, they do lots of faff without understanding how they can turn the faff into into profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that crucial step is missed in the in the calculation. Mm. So yeah, I guess I guess that, that that's my that would be my my personal fear about playing playing your man, and I'd want to know how to avoid that before I got too far into him. Yeah, I think there's some there are some helpful solutions in the Guardian card pool as well. And some of them are cards that you're very fond of. So, for instance, there's Let Me Handle This. Oh, yeah, yeah, classic. And I've played Heroic Rescue in Tommy as well. And I like how these cards obviously fulfil the protective function of being a guardian, but also they, they're they a partial answer to that. I've set up all my soak, now what do I do? It's yeah. You start soaking for the team by actively taking hits. The other... You know, there's a new one which is um, get behind me, so you can start soaking a load of hits for the team and cancelling horror as you do it. And the other one I'm really fond of is first watch in Tommy, particularly in larger player counts. And I think when I played through all of Return to TFA as Tommy, and I ran first watch, I'm pretty sure all of the times, maybe 95% of the times that I played first watch, mm-hmm. I then just took all of the cards myself. Because you can deal one card to each other investigator and you as the first watch player can choose how many you take. Yeah. And almost always, you know, it's uh, maybe there's one enemy in them. So it's like, oh, well, I'll take that. There's a treachery that's going to deal damage. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll take that. And there's another card. You're like, well, I'll just take it. So first watch often proved to be the other investigators get a free mythos, as it were. Yeah. And and then the enemies are on me. I've taken some damage and it's triggered. So I really like... I suppose that's the other thing I would add to maybe Tommy piloting or Tommy deck building, I suppose, is thinking about, okay, I've got my soak in there, but how do I leverage that? How do I draw the attention to me? And Guardian has some really nice options for that. Yeah. It's something I've highlighted as um, a difficulty, um, I think, for quite a while, certainly to myself anyway. (laughs) How do you how do you translate the ability to heal into tempo rather than just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. dirtling around mm. underpants gnomes? And I'd I'd add like that there's a similar parallel thing. How do you translate the ability to kill enemies quickly into tempo? Mm. You know, in solo this stands out more than anything else because an enemy will really slow you down, but when you're looking at, I can kill this fourth health enemy in two actions, having played this weapon, or if I'm playing a different investigator, I can evade them in one action and never deal with them again, having not played any evasion cards yet. Evasion comes out so much stronger. Yeah, yeah. The other seductive part of the cog, I suppose, is that Tommy says, oh, you really want to draw enemies because they'll damage you, which will set your engine in motion and Becky will build up with ammo. It's like none of that helps you win the scenario unless the final thing you have to do is kill a big enemy. It's an interesting challenge. Yeah, yeah, and it'd be great to uh, work our way around to talking about Daniela at, at some point in the future, in, in a future one of these episodes, because mm-hmm. I think she's a great example of how that can work in practice. Yeah. She, yeah. she can turn soak directly into damage, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it sort of, that's not the direction of the arrow of... of 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 causality so she takes the damage it's soak question mark question mark question mark <laughs> damage profit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damage slash profit yeah yeah what about up- upgrades for tommy we've oh, talked God, a little right, bit yeah. about it the, um, i mentioned agency backup i think it is worth mentioning agency backup again for tommy because of how he can generate resources and i really like that it gives him a damage ability and a horror ability and they agency backup soaks four and four anyway, but you can actively be damaging and horrifying it. Mm-hmm. So you can be building towards that. Oh, I need 
say you just need six ammo on Becky, you could kill it off a bit early and put a load of ammo on Becky. Or you just need one ammo on Becky and it's nearly dead. You can do something with agency backup. So I, I think it's worth acknowledging that I've never really struggled to pay for agency backup when I've played it in Tommy. And it's been a really nice, nice ally addition, probably with Charisma and Tetsuo, because Tetsuo is so good. But yeah. maybe one day I'll challenge myself to not not do that. The other thing I think worth mentioning is the tarot card, the star. Oh, yes. No, that is good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that in action, actually, in Tommy. That's really cool. So the star, if you can't remember, is... Well, if I put in the word star in ArkhamDB, there's like a thousand cards. <laughs> The star says each asset you control with health gets plus one health, and each asset you control with sanity gets plus one sanity. And like all the tarots, if it's in your opening, uh, if it's in your hand at the, it's in your opening hand when the game begins, you get to put it into play for free. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that Tetsuo for three resources can now soak six combined. Yeah, and Tetsuo becomes an emergency cash and a tutoring effect. Yeah. And soaks for the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's in there as well. Any XP cards that have caught your eye? I don't think so. Um, if I'd been smarter, I would have picked the star out uh, uh, more quickly um, before I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, nothing else. Nothing else comes to my mind. And I guess for solo, I'd just highlight Lucky Level Two and look what I found. Level Two. I mean, he, that, like, returning all the way to stats, intellect of three is respectable, you know? You can you can do a lot with an intellect of three. You might not be running a flashlight or a newspaper or, a, or an old key ring because you might be planning for your hands to be filled with Becky. But, yeah, between perception, all of the guardian events that get you clues from enemies, Greta Wagner as well, and then also the survivor failure cards for clues he can he can do a dab hand at getting clues if that's what you need to do I yeah it's, it's a nice even stat line which i think is good it's very even isn't it mental physical is even and defensive offensive slightly on the offensive side yeah you don't mind losing that dot of agility i think when you've got a good combat and plenty of soak to to, to um mm-hmm. deal with mm-hmm. incidents <laughs> Incident, unfortunate incidents I guess finally, what feelings come up for you? What do you enjoy about playing opposite to Tommy? And what kind of experience do you think you'd get if you were playing Tommy? I think it's always nice as a character who's not set up to deal with enemies to just have a really big lad who can step in (laughs) and take those hits. It feels really satisfying and you feel like... It's an interesting one. You've often commented... Again, I'll jump back to our, our campaign where you feel like you're not doing much, much of the time. Mm-hmm. But that's countered by the fact that I know, as Monty, that if an enemy does show up, you can very reliably deal with it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Even quite big enemies, as long as you have the time to recharge between them, you can take yeah. down very quickly. That was the difference in the most recent play, I'd say, that yeah. I didn't feel like I was twiddling my thumbs or footling about i actually felt very geared up to deal with enemies sort of more proactively i'd say yeah which felt great yeah so yeah i, I guess that that's that's something that feels really good and, and you know i mean vice versa as well knowing that you're able to just like stand between your your squishy allies and the mythos and not let them let them get hurt mm. as they as they you know, just suck up those clues off the locations. Mm. It's a kind of very satisfying feeling to that, I think. How about you? Is there anything in particular that... I'm going back to that first watch thought of there is something incredibly satisfying about that, of saying, yeah, I'll handle all of this phase, (laughs) basically. Yeah, Mm. like, just put them on me, you know. Oh, oh, we've drawn three enemies? Okay, I'll just take all three. Fine. You know, I'll kill two. One will hit me in, in the enemy phase. It's absolutely fine. And it, I think it is somewhat counter to how you might learn to play, to fear damage and horror, to um, need a solution for things. And you play this this paladin guardian role, you know, this warden who just says, yeah, and no, I can do that. Like that's a, a really empowering way of playing the game, I'd say. I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. 
And, you know, like the most recent time playing Tommy and playing in a two-player group, we're just delighted that every time an enemy comes up, Tommy, like, ices them immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly as you described, my playing partner, he says, this is really fun because I just don't need to worry about enemies ever. Yeah. Like, there's no, I don't miss a beat. I just, I'm like, oh, cool, enemy, that's your problem. And it's dealt with. And that's fun. That's really cool. Takes one of the big elements of Jeopardy in the game and removes it in a way that you feel powerful for doing so. So, yeah, that's what I like about Tommy. Shall I wrap us up? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I think we've we've talked for quite a while, actually. Well, I think we'd both be really interested to hear what other people like about Tommy. And if there are things that we haven't mentioned, of course, this is just the starting point. We'd love to hear about your alternative lists, your ideas uh, of how to take Tommy, your ideas of how to get the most out of Soak in Tommy. So please get in touch. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, Designed by Humans, and Patreon. You can become a patron at the low, low cost of $2 a month. So if you're a patron already, or if you're thinking of becoming a patron, thank you very much. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and, uh, don't know, everywhere. <laughs> so, yes, please say hello. How about you, Frank? On Twitter and everywhere. Yeah. I realise if you did a Venn diagram of everywhere, you could include Twitter. Twitter is inside that, yeah. yeah. Apologies. I'm on Twitter as FB, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E, and I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. Of course, say hello as well. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.